0: Chris Bryant, Chris Taylor, Seiya Suzuki, Mark Canna, Tommy Pham. What do these guys have in common? They're all players who fit a specific criteria that Farhan Zaidi laid out just the other day to the Athletics' Andy Baggerly, talking about a an area of focus for the San Francisco Giants in terms of what they want to accomplish this offseason. Uh, that area of focus, right-handed outfielder, with good at-bat quality and power. So we're going to break down uh, who those players are, what those predicted contracts are according to MLB Trade Rumors, ESPN, and Fangraphs. And we're also going to look at uh, a lot more position players as well as I went through the top 50 lists for all three sources and averaged their expected contracts. So we'll talk about who some fits are for the Giants and why and what it might cost next on Locked on Giants. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked On Giants your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, which now includes YouTube as well. So, yeah, as I said, we're going to be talking about uh, a lot of position players. And the quote from Farhan Zaidi that I was kind of referring to there uh Andy Baggerly was asking him about Seiya Suzuki, who's going to be posted uh, from Japan. And He is a right-handed outfielder. And so Baggerly was asking about him, and this was his response. Quote, he's a really good player. We'll see what happens. We'll be in that outfield market, and adding another right-handed bat, particularly one that hits for power, with good at-bat quality, kind of fits our team. And so, you know, I put two and two together, right? I'm looking over these top 50 lists by MLB Trade Rumors, ESPN, and Fangraphs. And I looked at them all, every single hitter, every single hitter in those lists. And then I decided, hey, let's look at right-handed outfielders uh, with above average chase rates, meaning better than average, and also some power. And it left us with that list that I read off the top there. Bryant, Chris Taylor, Suzuki, Kanna, and Fam. Now, there were some outfielders, right-handed ones, that I left off Uh, because they had below average chase rates and in some cases below average power. So I'm not sure if it's appropriate to leave those guys off, but we'll look at them in a minute. But let's just take a look at those outfielders that I talked about and look at the expected contracts when averaging the three sources. These are three reputable sources and they come out with pretty accurate uh, predictions. And I think sometimes there's an outlier and that's why averaging them uh, tends to be a good idea i would imagine so for chris bryant the average of the expected contracts is 6.3 years and 146.4 million dollars that's an average of uh, 23.2 million per season chris taylor meanwhile did receive the qualifying offer so that's an added cost the Giants would be giving up their second highest draft pick uh, to sign a guy who received and rejected the qualifying offer. But the predicted contract for Taylor is 3.7 years, $54.3 million, an average of $14.7 million per season. Seiya Suzuki uh, predicted at 4.3 years, $47.3 million, an average of $11 million per season, Mark Canna, an average of two years, $27.3 million uh, for $13.7 million per season. And Tommy Pham, an average of one year, $10 million. So that was a lot of numbers to throw at you. But uh, when I look at this, look, I haven't seen Seiya Suzuki play much. So I can't really speak to uh, how that contract, how the value uh, potentially looks uh, we're going to have to continue to do our research on him. He's not a guy who was even really on my radar, but now he has to be. But so, I mean, Farhan Zaidi said he's a really good player and blah, blah, blah. And this is what sprung board us into this conversation about right-handed outfielders with good at-bat quality and power. But to me, the guys who stand out as the best buys from this list, first of all, number one is Mark Canna. At two years, $27.3 million. I just think you'd be getting a very quality player. Someone who I believe grew up a Giants fan, has a career 344 on base percentage, but it's been much better over the last few seasons, and has historically hit for solid power with a 187 career isolated power. So he is just at that price too, at just, uh, what was it, 20 Uh, $7.3 million over two years. I just think it's a really, really solid buy, especially when you compare a guy like Bryant, who is predicted to get six plus years, about $150 million on average by these three sources. And so again, this always comes up when I have this conversation. I'm not like hoping for the Giants to be cheap the idea is that you spend the same total amount of money regardless, but this is the way I've been thinking about it. You have a 26-man roster. If every single guy on that 26-man roster is making $20 million per season, uh, which is just kind of an extreme thought experiment, that comes out to a $500-plus 1000000 payroll. And so no team is going to have a 500 plus million dollar payroll. Therefore, you have to be strategic and some guys have to be making less than 20 million dollars, which of course they are. But when I say, you know, Mark Canna represents a better buy, it's with that in mind, knowing that there is some kind of limit and the more bargains you can have, it means just you you you're spending 200 million, say, regardless or 150 million regardless. It's about how much value are you getting? for your money. How much production are you getting for your money, assuming you're spending the same amount no matter what? So that's why I talk about bargains. And I think Canna represents a good buy. Taylor also represents a solid buy. I don't think that's a great buy on Chris uh, Bryant. So Tommy Fam also kind of coming off a down year is interesting at just one year, $10 million. The underlying numbers looked good, but the actual production on the field was not so good. So coming up next, we'll continue to look at this. We'll look at the guys, uh, the right-handed outfielders who didn't make my list because they didn't have the great uh, chase rates. And then we'll also just take a look at some other position players who I think could be fits for the San Francisco Giants. But first, I want you to know that I love Thanksgiving, all of the good food and treats. But one issue for me with the desserts is that I tend to not like to eat Sugar. So it's always kind of a disappointing time in a lot of ways because there's all these delicious pies and whatnot out there, but I tend not to indulge. But the beauty of Built Bar is that they taste like a candy bar and can honestly uh, fill in for some of these delicious Thanksgiving treats like uh, coconut cream pie or raspberry pie. Instead, you can have a coconut built bar or a raspberry built bar, which is my personal favorite. All bars are covered in 100% real chocolate as well and have just about 4 grams of sugar compared to who knows what in that big slice of delicious Thanksgiving pie. So go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 and you can get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, here we go. I want to talk about the outfielders I left off of this list because they didn't have uh, above average, better than average, chase rates in 2021. And before we get into that, though, thanks again for making Locked On Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. So there's four guys I left off here, and one of them is someone I've had my eye on as a potential fit for the Giants, so it was kind of sad to leave him off for me, but we can look at him now. That guy is Starling Marte, but the other three I left off, Nick Castellanos, who opted out of the remainder of his deal with the Reds, so he becomes a free agent again. He did also receive the qualifying offer, and then there's Avisail Garcia and Jorge Soler. So I actually didn't do the averaging yet, but Castellanos, uh, one source has him at five years and the other two at three years. So about four-ish years on average uh, and ranging about $20 million per season. So it's about four years, $80 million on average. And that's an interesting situation there. I mean, it's an intriguing number because Castellanos has been such an impact bat, but below average defense, like well below average defense, and also below average chase rates. He's a guy who makes a lot of contact and has a lot of power and can hit for average, but not really a guy with good plate discipline. So when Farhan Zaidi says we're looking for guys with good at bat quality, I'm not sure exactly what their formula is, but I do know they... It's clear and obvious they have this preference for plate discipline, for guys who don't chase out of the zone and only swing at pitches they can drive. And so when you're looking at a guy like Castellanos, I was noticing that he has just significantly below average uh, rates of swinging out of the strike zone. He is a guy who swings a lot uh, out of the strike zone. And so I just think he's probably not the best fit for the San Francisco Giants, particularly when you account for the below average defense. Now, the one thing is that the designated hitter is coming to the National League most likely. I keep saying it like it's a foregone conclusion, but it's not. But Castellanos' chase rate was fifth percentile this year, so just significantly worse than average. Sixth percentile outs above average, seventh percentile outfielder jump but a 93rd percentile expected batting average and an 88th percentile expected weighted on base average so he's an intriguing guy for sure but i just think uh when you factor in the defense it just it probably takes him out of contention so the next guy for me starling Marte, is someone i have had my eye on uh Since the trade deadline, I am on record saying I think he was going to be a more impact uh, rental player than Chris Bryant, and I'm not sure how he finished out his time with the A's. I'd have to look a little closer after they acquired him in that trade, sending Jesus Luzardo to the Marlins, but Bryant was a little bit underwhelming, and Marte, we saw when the Giants played the A's, he was a real difference maker, uh, stealing bases left and right and just game-changing speed. But when I look at Starling Marte's uh, percentile rankings, 31st percentile chase rate, meaning about 70% of players were better at not chasing pitches. But Starling Marte rated well defensively, rated very well as a runner, and 83rd percentile expected batting average. So I think there's a case to be made That when you have this expected batting average that's high, that's also part of good at bat quality. And it usually speaks to not a lot of swing and miss, although he was 51st percentile, which is about average in whiff percentage. So the numbers are a little bit odd for Starling Marte. And let's talk about the predicted contract, though. Two sources have him at four years, and one source has him at two years. And it's an average of about $20 million. So maybe three years, 60000000 million-ish on average, just roughly eyeballing it there. And I think that given that you're maybe looking at a shorter term deal, it's probably going to be intriguing for the Giants. And I would consider him here looking at these numbers to be a better buy than Nick Castellanos. And as I'm saying this, I realize I did already average these just on another sheet here. So an average of 3.3 years, $68.2 million. Castellanos 3.7 years, 76.5 million. So that's an average annual value for both of $20.7 million. It's just shorter term for Starling Marte because he's older. I think Starling Marte represents a better buy there. So the next guy, though, On the list, Avisail Garcia, 2.3 years on average, $32.2 million on average, which comes out to $14 million per season. So Avisail Garcia is a player who's got like underrated athleticism for his size. He's kind of a big guy and he actually has become a really uh, solid outfielder. (laughs) But as I say that, uh, he he did not rank well, according to outs above average, I guess it was uh, maybe defensive run saved or something that rated him as a good defender. And the chase rate is just fourth percentile in 2021. And that is why I left him off this list. Jorge Soler, I don't even really consider because I know he's a guy who struggles to get to even a 300 on base percentage. So I would kind of eliminate him right away from this list. So It's very likely, I would say, that one of those guys we just talked about ends up a San Francisco Giant based on those comments uh, by Farhan Zaidi. And the one wild card there is Seiya Suzuki, who I don't really know anything about. So I need to do uh, more research into him. The average, I think I already said it, 4.3 years, $47.3 million. But to me, Kana just jumps off the page as the guy who makes the most sense aqu- uh, among the players that we just talked about. But why don't we look at some of the remaining players? There's a ton of free agent position players, a lot of really good ones. So coming up next, I'm just going to kind of go through and look at some of the guys who stand out to me as interesting possible fits for the San Francisco Giants. We're back in better than ever a new web interface for the start of the basketball season, and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website uh, to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC... Right to your favorite Vegas casino games, and of course, there's going to be baseball action there as well. Which last year, I was t- telling people to bet on Kapler being manager of the year, which he's about to win. Uh, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, here we go. We're going to talk about. Uh, Some of the remaining position players who I just think are interesting names to watch for the San Francisco Giants. Now, of course, there's the top of the market guys. There's Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, and then a lot of people have Freddie Freeman next. And I understand that. But when when you look at the predicted contract for Freddie Freeman versus what Brandon Belt is expected to get, I just think Brandon Belt represents a better buy simply because, like I said like I said about you have a finite number to spend, whatever that number is, you want to get the most out of it. And I think that when you can get a bargain like Brandon Belt versus a Freddie Freeman, probably makes sense for the Giants at least. So one guy who just jumps off the page for me as an obvious fit, or at least someone who is attractive, very attractive, and that is Marcus Simeon. I think a lot of people probably have been looking at Simeon like I have uh, and pining over him a little bit because he had just a monster season in Toronto this year with the Blue Jays uh, signing a one-year deal and it worked out beautifully for him. It was a one-year $18 million deal with Toronto to kind of prove he was better than than he was in the short season in 2020 and he went out there and hit 45 home runs And just and was awesome defensively moving to second base full time. He had been a good shortstop and then he moved to second base and was a great uh, defensive shortstop. He's a good base runner, just an unreal season for Marcus Simeon. 88th percentile chase rate, 87th percentile sprint speed, 89th percentile outs above average. There's just really not much of anything to be to look at this and and feel negative about and the one thing i guess is that the expected weighted on base average was just 329 which is more league average than elite and the actual weighted on base average was 368 so that is a big gap there so that is the one thing i guess when i say there's nothing uh, to dislike that is the one thing 33rd percentile expected batting average 53rd percentile expected weighted on base average so if you're getting a guy who's actually more of a league average bat that is a big difference versus what he did this season i mean it's hard for me to kind of believe a guy who hit 45 home runs stole 15 bases was only caught once was league average offensively you know he act. i mean the production wasn't like i said it was close to a 370 weighted on base average but the expected numbers much lower than that. So that is interesting. It's something to look out for. The steamer projection, a projection system featured on FanGraphs, has him at a 117 weighted runs created plus. So solidly above average in his career. Now he's been about 10% above average offensively. But when I look at the predicted contracts, that's where we've got to focus, right? Uh, One source has six years, one source has five, and one has four. So, an average of five years, and then 22 million, 23 million, and 30 million per season. So, I think that comes out to 25 million on average. And so, five years, 25 million, you're looking at five years, 125 ish for Marcus Simeon. And I just think that that is a solid buy, particularly when you're looking at. The top of the market guys, Seager and Correa, looking at close to 10 years and $30 million per year. So the shorter term, I think, is just safer, right? I just have there's risk associated with a 8, 9, 10 year deal that those two, Seager and Correa, are likely to command. And when I think about what Farhan Zaidi said, that quote we read at the very beginning, it wasn't clear he's distinctly talking about outfielders. He said, we'll be in that outfield market and adding another right-handed bat with power and good at bat quality kind of fits our team. So it's not clear. Was he talking about an outfielder or just anybody? And if he's talking about just anybody, I think that Simeon more than meets what he's talking about there. And the vision that I have had is think about the defense. First of all, if you sign Simeon and he's your second baseman and you bring back Belt, you've got Belt who's great, Simeon, who's great, Crawford, who's great, Longoria, who's very, very good as well. That would be one of the best infield defenses in the major leagues, if not number one. And what happens to Tommy La That's what you might be thinking. Well, what I'm thinking is DH. He could be a regular DH. I think he's not the strongest defender. And, you know, you could mix him in if somebody needs a day off at second or first. And, I don't know. I assume the DH is coming, and that's just kind of my vision there, and I think that would make the Giants a much better team, and Simeon also notably considered to be one of the great guys in the game, great clubhouse presence. Believe he grew up in San Francisco, or at least was born in San Francisco. Believe he grew up a Giants fan, really kind of hard to sometimes verify these things, but he went to Cal. He played for the A's, so a Bay Area guy. He's reported to want to play on the West Coast, so to me, I'm kind of circling him in red ink as just a standout candidate, a standout uh, potential target for the San Francisco Giants. So that is all the time we have for today. I, there's a ton more position players to get to, but those are the guys who jump off the page for me at this early stage of the off season. There's also uh, I'll say I'll save the rest of them for another time. So coming up on Monday, we'll talk about any news that may happen over the weekend, or we'll do our mailbag Monday if there's nothing major that transpires. So once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Kaspic. That's K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. Uh, Also liking, commenting, subscribing on YouTube, all of that good stuff. So thank you in advance, and thank you to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again on Monday. Have a great weekend. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.